0: who I am. I'm loved by you. Like, That's who I am. I, I am loved by you, God. I, I, I love that line as we are talking about brotherly affection and talking about love. It certainly applies. Um, life gives. Y'all get to go. Have fun. Come on. Hey, we're about to talk about brotherly affection, and that was not. (laughs) Hey, make sure everybody has a uh, communion packet. We will need these at the end of uh, the sermon in just a few minutes. Uh, Brother Ricky does a great job passing those out. I appreciate that. Everybody have one? Anyone need one? All right, good deal. Hey, let's, uh, let's pray. Hey, God, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you. Again, for the opportunity to gather, to celebrate who you are, things that you've done in our life. But now, God, as we turn our attention to your word, we ask that you meet us where we are. There's only one teacher in the room, and that is the Holy Spirit. We know that your word is alive and it's active, it's powerful, and it leads to transformation. So, Father, I pray that it meets us where we are. And some people need encouragement, let it encourage. Some people need correction, let it correct. Some people just need the knowledge. So teach us, God. We love you. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Well, this was uh, for sure the most unique Thanksgiving uh, uh, that I can remember uh, for the Sykeses. Um, <coughs> We've now lived in Alabama for 17 years, and this was only our second Thanksgiving in Alabama. Uh, like every other year, uh, for 20, how oh, long have we been married, 25, 26 years, um, 30 years, something like that, uh, we have, oh, goodness, man, it, you know, it gets to a point, right? Um, we, we have always gone to Georgia, and we've been, on Thanksgiving Day, we've been with family there, not this year. Uh, last year, we did it here for the first time, and my parents were here. Uh, this year, it was different in that it was just the four of us, all right? And so we were, able to, uh, we were able to see our family from Georgia earlier in the week, and we had a great time with them. But, man, I'm telling you, it was nice being home on Thanksgiving, and it was really nice. And i got to be careful here uh, because, you know, like my mom's one of the few people that listen to these podcasts, these recordings. Um, <laughs> it was nice it just being us. All right, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it was just a good old day. It was laid back. For the most part, everybody got along. And so I am now directing this on, an, on brotherly affection to my children. Uh, pay attention, right? After the big meal, and it was a big meal, uh, man, we had like 12 items on the, on the table. Yeah, that's crazy. We don't normally do that kind of stuff. Big meal, naps. We watched a movie together. Yeah, it just it gets, it gets better. Uh, have you heard of the movie Spirited? I don't know if you have, you can check it out later. It's got Ryan Reynolds, Will Ferrell, if you did movie theaters, but it's also Apple Plus or something like that, you can you can go. Um, and but if you don't know, you know, Ryan Reynolds, he's uh, who he is, and it's got Buddy the Elf in it, for those of you that are trying to figure out who it is. All right. um, so it was my idea to watch the movie because I Heard that the movie makes fun of musicals. And I'm like, well, I can get behind a movie that makes fun of musicals because I don't like musicals. I struggle with musicals. But like, like I'm I'm there, I'm in the plot, I'm following along, and you're gonna break out into song, and oh my gosh. I, I don't, So I heard this movie makes fun of musicals, so I'm like, I'm down with it. Just I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, I'm gonna shoot straight with y'all. Alright, I was misled it's a musical okay <laughs> now it does make fun of musicals in the movie but it's still a musical there, there's still a whole lot of singing if you've seen it well good afternoon to you all right <laughs> just kidding you, you gotta go watch and figure out what i just all right it's, it's good man it's a nice christmas movie okay it's a nice it it's a night when you when we get into it like our our, our tv lineup and um Christmas Vacation is on there, Elf is on there. I mean, all of them, all the regulars are playing, and those are nice, and they have a place. And we will eventually get to, you know, the classics. We'll get to Christmas Vacation, we'll get to, we'll get to Elf, we'll get to Die Hard, you know, we'll get to those. Um, and and then, you know, but this was. My family argues with me. My wife argues with me. that Die Hard is not Christmas music. Look, I feel like it is. He thanks you, Amen. You know, now I have a machine gun. Ho ho ho! What's not Christmas about that right there? Right. All right. Okay. I mean, that's it's Christmas. All right. Back to spirit, spirit. All right. So it's a play off of the classic Charles Dickens' of The Christmas Carol. All right. If you're familiar with it, that's what it is. Uh, long story short, Reynolds' character is a modern-day businessman who uses social media to negatively influence people. And, and through this he makes money and he makes a ton of money and because of his position and what his company does he has the potential to influence a lot of people for good notice i said the potential to influence a lot of people for good but he doesn't he causes drama and he influences people in a negative way and this is how he makes money so he just doesn't want to do it i'm not gonna do it so enter now will ferrell Body the else character uh, he is the ghost of Christmas Present, right? And so he enters into the scene, and now these two are spending the bulk of the movie navigating and talking about their time together. And at the end of the day, Reynolds' character, the businessman, says, "People just cannot change." He's like, "Like you're here trying to change me. People cannot change." And so there's this moment where Farrell is about to give up on Reynolds like like he's I'm done we're gonna bring in the ghost of we haven't got there yet whatever his name is and that's Tracy Morgan by the way and he does a great job it's pretty funny how he does his point and and, you know he does his thing and and he's about to give up on and just let let the ghost of what is yet to come come in and do his thing and Reynolds character goes into a confession about the change that is happening in his life since the ghost of Christmas present entered his life. And he is about to admit that he and Farrell's character, the ghost of Christmas present, that they are about, they they are becoming friends. And as Reynolds' character is in this very serious moment, he's about to say that we are friends Buddy the elf jumps in and says, we're becoming bros. And Reynolds is like, no, I I and yes, I I was gonna say that that we're actually becoming friends, but sure, if that works for you, yes, we are becoming bros. Now, now if you're not culturally hip, that's something that our kids have used in the last decade of of associating with one another as, as just being close right, as being really good friends. We're not just friends, we are bros, right? Like, it's a, it's a thing, maybe your teenage kids have addressed you at home as, what's up, bro? Bro, what's up, bro? It, it, it's not a negative thing, it, it, it's just that, hey, you know what, um, it just, it, parents, trust me, it just means that they're really fond of you, okay? Without giving too much more of a movie away, Reynolds did change. And he started to care for this ghost person who he recently met. I say all that to lead into 2 Peter 1. So if you have your Bibles, this is our teaching text that we've been walking through the past several weeks. We're almost done. One more week, we talk about love. If you have your Bibles, turn there. If not, it's going to come up on the screen. You will notice that there's parts of this that are highlighted. They are there for your emphasis, right? For this very reason, make every effort. I mean, that's a direct line to you and I. Make every effort. Every, every time I read this, I, I feel like a failure, all right? Make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self control, and self control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection with love for if these qualities are yours and are increasing they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ so today we are adding to our faith right this this list of actions that build on one another this year for LifeBridge, for our, our, our faith family and moving into the future. I hope it's the goal of every single Christ follower I know that you are trying to become like Jesus. It's the vision of this church. Is that the individuals in this room, when they leave out these doors and they get into their cars, every action, everything that you do this week is about you trying to become like Jesus. And and, and look here, Jesus is the one that does the transformation, but you have to surrender. Like, like that, that is our part in this thing. And so this list is a list of actions that Peter tells to Christians everywhere. You need to add these things to your faith. And if you do this, all right, if you're making every effort and you're adding these things to your faith, you're not going to be ineffective. You're not going to be unfruitful. And so last week, we were challenged by the command to add to our faith godliness. And what we said about godliness is that this is a true respect for the Lord. It, it, it's a genuine desire to obey God's commandments. That, that, that's what we said about godliness. A genuine desire to obey God's commandments. And here's the interesting thing. Here's the interesting thing about God's commands. From the very beginning, all the way to the end. All of them. You, you, you study the commands in Scripture. They all have an impact on relationship. Every command in Scripture has an impact on relationship. Think about this. Our entire existence, you know, we woke up this morning, we we, we, we praised the Lord that, that we're above ground. <coughs> it, our entire existence, church, is because God Wanted to be in relationship with you. He did. When when it was time for you to enter the world. God knew you in your mother's womb. And and, and it's like, hey. I cannot wait to be in relationship with you. Now not everybody does. Enter into relationship with God. Some people just reject. And some people just don't even have the knowledge of God. But God. God wants to be in a relationship with you, and that's the only reason that you are even alive. We talk about relationships a lot here, and, and we we know this, that God wanted to be in a relationship with you, because the very first conflict in the history of man, the, the, the very first, uh-oh, this is not good moment, in the history of man, was not the sin of pulling the fruit off the tree and eating it, That's not the first conflict. The the first conflict comes before that when God created Adam. And he's got him there. He breathed life into Adam. What do you think about this? He, He formed him up out of the dust. He got down on his face and he breathed life into the nostrils of Adam. And Adam woke up and there is God. So Adam gets up, does his thing, we're not exactly sure about how much time passed right was it minutes was it hours? God goes this is not good that this is not good. It's not good for man to be alone and, and here's the thing we got to challenge when, when we think through this was Adam alone at that time? No he had God. He had God. In the Trinity, one on one on three, one on one, like it was just them. And so God paraded all the animals around, and Adam got to name all the animals, and he got to he got to and 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 there was not there was not a suitable helper at all. Anyway, it's not good for you to be alone, but God, I've got lions over here. They're pretty cool. And the rhino, man, I've got dominion over the rhino right now because it's not a fallen state. I get to pet the rhino, right? Like, like, it's me and you, and it's all of this stuff, God. It's, and God's like, man, there's not a suitable helper here for you. And so he does that thing. He, he puts Adam in a recliner, puts the TV on, and he falls asleep <laughs> just like that, right? And the next time, Adam wakes up from his nap. There's Eve. I mean, at this point in time, I'm thinking, man, if I'm Adam, let me go back to sleep one more time and see what else has happened. I mean, like, first off, it's just God, and now it's my perfect wife, right? Like, like, I mean, perfect wife, like the only woman to ever be perfect. Like, so when he woke up, there it was. Eve was created because it was not good for man to be alone. Relationship, church, is everything to God. And Peter tells us that we are to add to our faith brotherly affection. It's nothing but relational here. So I have two quick questions for you to ponder this morning. Uh, the first one is this. If, if he says brotherly affection, who is my brother? Right? Does that leave my sister out of this equation? Do I, do I to, you know, who, who exactly is he talking about when he talk, says brotherly affection? And then how about what does brotherly affection mean? Because if you ask the teenage Michael or or the preteen Michael what brotherly affection is, I promise you you're going to get a different answer than than the answer you're going to get today. Alright? If if you ask yourself when you were a teenager about brotherly affection and what that means, chances are we're getting a completely different answer than the grown-up, mature parent, grandparent that you are right now. So, Who's my brother? Well, the first question, Jesus tells us who His brothers are. And that's important because we're trying to become like Jesus. So who who is Jesus' brothers? right? Well, he's having this conversation. Mark chapter 3: 31 through35. We actually read this passage a couple weeks ago, so it might sound familiar to you. Then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him. Jesus is in a house, he's teaching. They stood outside and sent word for him to come out and talk with them. There was a crowd sitting around Jesus, and someone said, Your mother and your brothers are outside asking for you. Jesus replied, I don't know if Jesus gets away with this, right? I don't recommend you ever doing this, church. Right? Who's my mother? Who are my brothers? It's taking an opportunity to teach here. Then he looked at those around him and said, look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. What Jesus is announcing to everyone is that family ties go beyond blood. And I'm not talking about, you know, Alex P. Keaton in the TV show, right? Family ties go deeper than blood. In God's economy, what makes a person family, someone who is going to share in the inheritance to come, what makes us family is not about blood, but it is about sold-out devotion to God. That's who Jesus says his family is. The, the, The people who are doing the will of God. The brotherly affection that we are to have for one another must be lived out with each and every Christ follower that's what Jesus is talking about he's he's talking about the pesky neighbor that you know goes down to the other church right he he talks about that person that that person because they are a member of the body of Jesus they're part of the body of Christ guess what they deserve your brotherly affection and and, and we're certainly told to love the world this is not a hey you get to exclude some people we are told that we are to love the world we are told that we are to have this agape, agapo love of of self-sacrifice and it's unconditional we'll talk about that next week right we're certainly told to value everyone this command of adding to our faith brotherly affection is directed to the body of Christ and how we are to treat one another that's who he's talking to here He's talking to the church. I want you to think about that. Just a moment. How are you treating the body of Christ? Not coming up on the screen, but Romans 8, 29. This is one of our theme verses for our vision. For God knew his people in advance. And he chose them to become like his Son. So that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Tying together there in that verse, that Jesus has this family of brothers and sisters who are all trying to become like him. These are the people that we are to have brotherly affection for. So if this command is directed to the church. And how we're to treat one another what exactly is brotherly affection <laughs> like give me some give me some parameters give me give me the line so I know how, how far I'm to treat somebody so that you know I make sure I, I'm checking checking all the boxes so what exactly is brotherly affection well I don't claim to be an expert in many things but you are dealing with an expert today when it comes to brotherly affection all right my younger brother and I were experts at showing one another affection all right um, moments like the time we got into a fight in a chicken house I grew up on a chicken farm we got to do a fight in a chicken house and he ran me over with a tractor wasn't looking doing my work we already pounded on each other he got on a tractor saw me boom ran me over front end loader of bucket just knocked me down and he just kept on keep on right so trust me when I say man, I, I know I know this thing about brotherly affection. Oh, we got into a fight one time in our bedroom, and uh, we shared a bedroom, which, you know, that's something I think is wrong with kids today. They don't share bedrooms, but that's another story. Uh, We shared a bedroom, and we got into a fight, and uh, he stabbed me with a knife in my hand, right? And we are actually on the bed, and I just flipped over, and he brought this knife down, and it went right into my hand, and we both went like... Like, like at that point time, it was not about it was not about getting in trouble for fighting. It was like there's a knife in my hand. Things we just upped the ante on that, right? Um, I had a girlfriend come over one time. One of these proud moments when I think back to my life, and uh, we got into another fight, right? And, and, and at which point I've got my brother in a headlock, and I'm literally cramming his head into the front of the washing machine, all right? Which if you know anything about my my parents' house, I mean they know about my parents' house. Uh, because it's the same house like like where the laundry room is is a very small tight area and it's like how did we even get there we i don't even remember but all i know is i'm just power driving his head into the front of it and there's my girlfriend over there and then there's my sister and it's just total chaos right and then there was the time that uh we were racing we were with my nana at, at her at her work and we were racing down the hallway professional place of employment you know nothing nothing but professionalism here Uh, two kids racing up and down the hallway and he cheated and so guess what we did on the next one so the the hallway had kind of a T right and so it had this little jet off right here and so the next time we raced man we're booking and I'm just shoving right thinking I'm gonna shove him into the hallway and he might hit the wall well he did hit the wall but he hit the corner chair rail And and it was this point right here that hit him right here in the eye. We then spent the rest of the afternoon at the doctor and hospital getting x-rays and making sure that everything was okay. So when I say I'm an expert on brotherly affection, you've come to the right place. Romans chapter 12 is going to be actually what guides us through this, okay? Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 10. And we're going to come back in our response time. and and read more. There's a lot about relationships in Romans chapter 12. Pay attention to what Paul writes to the church. Verse 9, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. And then he says this, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Now, if you've been part of the church very long, you know that our American English word, love, has many different uses. Right? And, and and it's it's used and said differently in the Greek language. We say love for anything and everything. Right? Oh, I just love Turkey. Oh, I just love, you know, college football. Oh, I love like we we use that single word love for everything. Right? And and so in the Greek language, love has Different words, and so they would say you know, like eros, right? That, that's a that's a romantic love for another person. That's that's the feelings that you have for your for your spouse. So if you're having a conversation about your spouse, you would use that word eros, not just love. It would be eros. And then there's, there's some Greek words that I, I'm going to butcher, so I'm not going to try. Uh, but there's one that that is philosagora, Philistagora it's, it's a love that we have for objects in our life like in just a little while my family will go get some dollar 50 tacos at the mexican place and then we're going to go to my absolute favorite place on a sunday afternoon and that's my chair i love my recliner, right so i wouldn't i would say philosophical it, it's, I love this meal. I love this object. I love my truck. I love DeWalt power tools, right? Especially the 60-volt stuff. I love my bed. These, there's, this, there's a specific word for these objects. And then there's the common Philadelphia. It's, it's, it's not pronounced like that in the Greek, but that's just how we say it. Philadelphia is actually how it's said. It's this love that we are to have for people. It, it, it's not necessarily this unconditional, this, this, I will lay down my life for you, love, but it, it's, it's this, this deep affection that happens through, um, through a deep bond and, and becoming very familiar with it. Right? John Piper says it's an affection for someone that comes with long familiarity and deep bonds. And this, this is what we are to have for one another. It's the, it's the bond that you witness within families that are strong. And I, I get to be part of, this comes with the job, families who go through crisis moments. They, they go through the extreme illnesses. They go through the cancers. They go through the loss of life. I, I, I get to have this opportunity to, to be part of families who are going through this moment and, and you see the strong families they rally around one another and, and you see the, the, in the, the death moments and the, the loss of life moments you see the, the crying and, and sometimes the tears are just different And there, there's, there, there, there's a, a deepness that comes from this, this bond of, of, of what we've experienced over time Brotherly affection is this bond that we're to have for one another within the walls of this church. That's what Peter's telling you and I this morning. And there's a mindset in the American church. It's been said in my household, I promise you. Alright, I'm guilty of this. That there's a mindset in the American church that I know I have to love you, but I don't have to like you. Not according to Peter. Sorry. This cannot be the sentiment within the church. We must strive to get along. Not in a, I'll tolerate you when I see you on Sunday morning for a short period of time. But but we must strive to get along in a genuine affection for one another. That's what he's saying. This is adding to our faith brotherly affection. I'm not going to tolerate you when I see you, but, but there, I'm just going to strive to really care about you. And it needs to be genuine. And I know what some of y'all are thinking around right now. Y'all are like, man, you're the hardest one in the room to do this. Michael, well, consider me a gift from God to help you grow in your faith, right? Right, I am here to help you learn how to love difficult People, so how do we do this? Right, like I mean, when we we love sermons where there's going to be like this three points of let me go do this, this, and this, and I'll achieve this. All right, like we, like how do I gain self control? Well, there's three steps that we can give you. Or how do I gain knowledge? There's things that we can say to you. How do we actually instill within the believer this genuine desire to care for one another? Well, I think the next sentence in verse 10 gives us the answer. Because I look for the list. I'm a list guy. Man, give me the three steps to add brotherly affection to my life. And you know what? It's not there. Paul writes this. Outdo one another in showing honor. That's, that's, That's what he says in verse 10. Outdo one another. In showing honor. So, when was the last time you tried to outdo someone else in showing honor? I mean, I mean, think about that question. I mean, that, that's that's the command to you. But hey, you're live your life in such a way where 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 you have this this genuine desire, this brotherly affection that's in your life, and then he says that you are to outdo one another. In showing honor. When was the last time you, you woke up with a goal of, making today's the day that I'm going to outdo everybody that I come in contact with and I'm going to out-honor all of them? The Greek phrase here, and I think it's the NLT that actually says it better than the ESP, he says, We're to take the light in showing honor to others. Now, I'm going to take the light to now, which means I'm looking forward to my nap this afternoon. Right? That we're, we're, to, we're to take delight in showing honor to others showing honor to someone is about elevating them above you so instead of nagging about the person at lunch instead of nagging about how long the minister was find the positives in someone and dwell on those things this is honor because I'm telling you right now, it's human nature to find the false. It, it, it's human nature for us to, to focus on the negatives about other people. And then we like to, to nag or, you know, share a prayer with because that's why we say it. I'm not gossiping or I'm just, I'm telling you so that you can pray about this person who's got these issues, right? What if instead of that, what if we focused on finding the positives in that person and we dwell on those? That's honor. Hey, instead of avoiding people, Let's see, they come in that entrance over there so if I go up this entrance over here I don't even have to see them which you know you'll use that luck in our church I'm sorry uh, maybe you're going to run into people but we do this in life we, we figure out hey, how can I avoid people instead of avoiding people what if we greet them kindly and we ask and here's the big and we listen to how they're doing like that that's on that 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 is on instead of holding a grudge over differences accept that you know what we're we're different praise the lord we are different And, and we all have different expectations on life so instead of holding the grudge, I'm just going to accept the fact that, you know what, we are a little bit different, and I'm not going to hold that against you because you are different. That's on me. But I know what some of you are thinking, at least I hope you're thinking this, and I'm not the only shallow one here. Because it was at this point of the sermon writing that my thought, thoughts came to this. But what about that one person? You know, like, there's that person. I mean, what about the person who is in your life? You know, hopefully they're not in this congregation, right? Hopefully they're not in this room. I mean, they're a follower of Jesus, and you interact with them somewhere in life. But what about that person that everything they do gets on your nerves? What about that person? Because, man, I, I've been patient with some of these people. And, that, man, they're just, they're just hard to deal with. And I just can't stand the way they do their hair. Are you kidding me? They're going to do their hair that way? Or, or they, you know, they chew with their mouth open. Or, man, they have zero self-control when it comes to perfume or, or body spray. You know, I mean, they, they just, they just going to bathe in that stuff. I mean, you, you, you know whatever the nuance is. There's just things that they do that just make your skin crawl. Maybe it's just that they're always negative. Always talking about other people, whatever it is. What about that person? Is it okay to be disingenuous with this person? Kind of a, let me just fake it. Fake it till I make it mentality, right? Well, I got to be around them for about you know, 28 seconds at church this morning on my way out, so I'm just going to be super kind to him right there in that moment, even though I really don't mean it. And I'd rather avoid this person than have to interact with them. And if I have to interact, I mean, I'm going to keep that interaction as short as possible. And, and our thought in this is, man, Michael, you just don't know how bad this person is. Right? Our thought is, man, there is no way I could ever get along with this person. That there's no way I could ever show them brotherly affection. And we're just too different. The the, the similarities between us, man, we, we will never be tight. We will never be bros. And I'll tell you what I do, church. This is what I do. In this because there's people we all have people man I think about this person in our relationship and I think about this relationship through my desires and abilities and levels of tolerance and then I justify all right I'm the world's best I look here delegation and justify man i got these two things down perfect I justify hey it's okay to have just one person You know, two people that I have to tolerate, man, that's not that bad of all the people. I mean you think about the people I interact with, you know, in the school and and at church and and and, in the RDN network that we're part of, and and you you think about the pregnancy resource center down there. I mean, you think about all the people, man, one or two's not bad.
1: That that that's okay. Man, I'm a
0: work in progress too. Think about it, man, there's nothing I can do to change this. And I really don't even know if I want to in matthew 19 it's not coming up on the screen this is going to be part of your life group conversation tonight jesus has this interaction with a rich man a religious man and, and the guy comes to jesus he wants to know man what what does it take to get into heaven right like, like that, that's why the guy comes and so jesus they have this conversation and the list of what it takes Includes doing the will of God like he says that and, and then he says this because he's a rich man Jesus knows their heart selling all your possessions giving everything to the poor and leaving your old life behind and following Jesus down. and the rich man goes away sad and then Peter jumps in and he's like man like because Jesus says some other things about man it, it's hard for the rich they can't get into the kingdom of heaven camel to the eye of the needle, that whole scenario, right? Now Peter's just like, whoa, who can be saved? He's like, hello? Can any of us really be saved? In Matthew 19, 26, Jesus says this, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. If you don't hear anything else today, I want you to hear the last part of that verse. But with God, all things are possible. And if all things are possible with God, then maybe, maybe, God can bring you to a place where you can show brotherly affection to a person you don't get along with. If all things are possible with God, he can solve any conflict or issue with any relationship. He can mend any differences that you have with other people. He can forgive and erase other grudges that you might be have that might be a, a, a barrier to you showing brotherly affection to other people. With God, all things are possible. And I got to thinking about that. I got to thinking about the people that I don't want to spend time with. I got to thinking about the, the brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, and not that there's a long list, okay, Well, man, it's, there's people. People, people. And people get on nerves of each other. And man, so it's, just, it's hard sometimes to show brotherly affection. And I think about those relationships, and then I think about, hey, have I really and truly brought this relationship before the Lord? Or am I approaching this relationship through the power of mycosides? Which is very flawed and very lengthy. But with God all things are possible.
1: So church, I'm going to ask
0: you this question. Will you this week make every effort to add to your faith? Brotherly affection. Maybe it's a person you work with. Who's a Christian. Maybe it's somebody in this room. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's a distant family. Hey, we came out of Thanksgiving. Ain't no affection there. Maybe it's somebody you interact with just last week. Will you make every effort to add to your faith brotherly affection? Because here's the thing. With God, all things. Possible. So, how do we respond to that? All right? Go get these out and open them up. Make sure you shake them a little bit. Open the bread first. All right? If you're lucky, you get two of them. It's like having two fortunes, I guess. How do we respond? And, and I, I think was thinking about this uh, this morning. I, I like that we close each sermon with focusing on the sacrifice that Jesus made for each of us. Right? Like, I mean, we just heard from God and his word and what he's instructing us to, and how we're, he's instructing us and how we're to live, how we're to treat one another within the church. And then we get to this point of, man, we turn our eyes directly onto Jesus. And we focus on the sacrifice, but he made that sacrifice Right, like it's his sacrifice. This is what allows you and I to be considered heirs with Jesus. It's what allows us to be brothers and sisters. It's his sacrifice is what allows you and I to have the opportunity to show brotherly affection to one another. So Jesus never asked us to do anything that he himself did not but he does also ask us to do things that he did and he laid down his life for you and i he's asking you to make a sacrifice too and and as we as we ponder this i I want you to think about the rest of romans it's not going to come up on the screen but just listen to what paul says in this entire chapter i'm going to read excerpts from it right romans chapter 12 verses 1 And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. All He's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable, because this is truly the way to worship Him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person, By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. That's because of his sacrifice. And and then speaking of relationships he goes on to say bless those who persecute you. You got those people in your life? Maybe it's this person that you're dealing with. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Do all that you can to live chapter begins with our lives being a living sacrifice because Jesus was a sacrifice. He was a living sacrifice. We model that because he did it. And the rest of the chapter is about how we treat one another and in the middle of this he reminds us that we have brotherly affection for another. And so as we think about the sacrifice of Jesus he died on the cross for you and I. Think about <clears> the <throat> you need to show love and So Jesus was with his disciples and he had a meal. He took the bread and broke it. He poured some wine. I so said this wine represents my blood. It was spilled to wash away your sins. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your word. Father, I pray that in my own life there's people that that need brotherly affection from me. There's people that I'm missing out, oh God. It's not easy. It's uncomfortable. But I know that if I'm going to be fruitful, if I'm going to be effective, then I need to add this to my faith in an increasing measure. It's not just a one-time deal, God. I know that. So help me, Lord. Help me to treat other people as you treat me. We love you. We pray these things in your son's holy name. Amen.